Welcome to Raining Words with Shelby. I am your host, Shelby Lawson, and our main objective is to motivate, inspire, and encourage. Welcome to Raining Words with Shelby. Today I have the privilege and the honor of speaking to my beautiful friend, Mrs. Carol Shannon. Hi, Carol. How are you today? Thank you. Good morning to you. Good morning. Hey, I just wanted to thank you for like even considering me to be a small part of this uh, new adventure that you have. I cannot believe all the the projects you take on. You never cease to amaze me. <laughs> you know what? Um, the one thing that I learned from the patients when we were working together was never stop moving. The majority of our patients were. 70 80 years old and the advice that they always gave us was whatever you do don't stop moving and don't stop using your brain so i'm trying my best to incorporate that into my life as i get older just never ever stop <laughs> for my audience miss carol and i work together at a local cardiology group um I don't know. I guess it was 15 years. And no, it was longer than that. I think, yeah, Naomi was about five, four or five when I first. It was about, it was uh, um, around 1999, 2000, somewhere around there. Yep, yep. So Carol is a wife, a mother, a friend, a sister. We've been friends for years. And um, I always watch Carol because her continence and her patience and the way that she handled our patients was so admirable. I watched her and learned from her and it was just amazing to watch you. So thank you so much for even considering having a conversation with me because I know that you are very uh, low key and private person. So thank you so very much for that. You're welcome. Actually, that's kind of funny that you said that because when we work together, um, so I tend to gravitate towards women like with spirit and fire or people that make me laugh. Yeah. And, um, you know, at work, like laughing wasn't something you were supposed to do. However, there were some people <laughs> uh, who um, carried on a little bit. And I, I was like, what is that? That sounds like fun. And I think that's how we kind of connected because I can't go through my day without uh, laughing or having a good time of, of some sort with respect to, you know, my profession, but, yeah. um, that just, you know, that's my, my go-to thing that keeps me pretty much sane. <laughs> I am a rule breaker. That's just, that's <laughs> why I had to start my own business. Cause I said, you know what, I'm going to mess around and get fired. Cause there was some funny stuff. And then you throw in, you know, my counterpart, Liz. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that it just that becomes even more fun it's just um it's kind of non-stop it becomes a howling fest it does become that too oh it's and it's wonderful it is so good to feel like belly laughs yes yes it just stems from joy and my purpose i know for sure is to just let the world see joy and experience how good life can be if you just surrender to whatever comes. We have no control. And I remember surrendering control of what I thought should be and will be and all of that and ended up on Joy Street, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. 
And so the sooner, I think the sooner people realize that, the better off they'd be. But let's share with my audience how long you've been in Lehigh Valley. And I don't, that's one thing. I don't recall knowing whether you're a Lehigh Valley native or not. What, what, how long have you been here and, and um, what brought you here? Well, if I say how long I've been here, you'll know how old I am. <laughs> I was raised in the Lehigh Valley. I was born on the south side of Allentown. Okay. And um, my, uh, I'm the oldest of uh, three girls. My dad probably wanted three boys, so he would have <laughs> us do like boy things. When um, he loved building, that wasn't his profession. He was a, a writer, but. Um, he would take me to the grounds of what's now Lehigh Valley Hospital and watch them build it, like piece by piece, clear the ground and, you know, uh, build it from the ground on up. It used to be a cornfield. Oh. And so I never thought that I would be uh, eventually be part of that, but went to um, Allen High School. It was city compared to, I was kind of in the rural part of Allentown at that time uh-huh. um i was like my dream was to go to philly college of textiles and science because because i started sewing when i was about five years old mm-hmm. um, my mom got a sewing machine as part of the move to the new house and i would watch her on the sewing machine and she allowed me to sew and so i make doll clothes things like that and um started making my own clothes around second grade i have a school photo with my outfit <laughs> when rick rack was in oh i love it i still love to work with it uh, yeah it's, uh, i just loved that was my expression and i was very young but it was really a great way to be creative and mm-hmm. So when Philly College of Textiles and Science didn't work out for me, uh, my dad thought I should go to school for business. So I went to a local community college. It was called El Tri-C at that time, mm-hmm. um, community college. And I graduated with an associate in business, and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know how you listen to your parents, and they, they kind of guide you. It's like, he's my father, and he should know what I want, but um, that's not what I wanted. So I... I worked in it for maybe six months and I, um, you know, there was papers and numbers and like things that I didn't really have, uh, like I, I just didn't like the connection at all. And there were rules that I didn't <laughs> and um, so I applied for a scholarship through his work and I didn't tell him uh-huh. and I was granted a scholarship. Uh, back to community college and I went for medical assisting uh, where I could work with people and that's what I had really wanted to do but it you know the business degree did help um, transfer some credits and that that worked okay so that was in the 80s and you know I I worked as a medical assistant for for many years Mm -hmm. and my dream because I didn't have the money to go to school for nursing my dream was to go back to school eventually so um, things changed for me Uh, you know I had I got married and my husband had uh, passed away. I was a mother of two children, a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and I never thought I'd go, be going back to school again. Right. And years go by and I 
found out that I could apply for a scholarship through the place that I work for it, which is uh, uh, Lehigh Valley Hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was granted a scholarship. I matriculated to Cedarcrest yeah. uh, in around 2004. Uh-huh. And I went to back to school as an adult learner. Just prior to that, I, I remarried. And so I have my two children and two bonus children. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I have, uh, you know, I, I finished school. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I live to tell about it. Uh-huh. I took my boards and I continued to work in cardiac and thoracic surgery where I started 37 years ago. Oh my God, 37 years, Carol. <laughs> it is. It's a long time. But I went to school mostly to, you know, save my job mm-hmm. because they needed a, a nurse in the office. And I knew that I wasn't going to work in a, like a hospital setting. I didn't, it wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I felt like it was like a rushed type of setting. And I did, my personality is like to nurture because I'm, that's uh, something I really enjoyed about medical assisting. So thus going back to school for nursing, I, I really didn't feel that a hospital was, I, well, even when I did my clinicals, mm-hmm. I saw that there were like people getting rushed from department to department and I didn't like that. Right, right. Um, my, in my personality, it didn't allow me to connect with people like the way I wanted to. <laughs> and in the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned that people in their 70s and 80s were you know such a wonderful group of people and I so agree with you I kind of named it like the grandparent theory I never had grandparents Uh but I didn't really even there was only one that was alive when I was born Uh and I feel they have so much like to offer their knowledge their perspective just what you said and um, I felt like I wasn't going to get that if right. I worked at a hospital. Yeah, I never wanted to be in that setting. The hours were too chaotic. The uh, load was too chaotic for me. I always sought out private practice because I knew that I would be home at least by six, five or six in the evening. And there was no, there were no weekends unless I wanted to do something extra someplace else. So I always sought out for family reasons, um, private practice. And we really, we really, um, we had it good back then with the practice that we were in. Absolutely. Um, what led you to the discipline of cardiothoracic surgery? When we met, were you you were already with the surgeons? However, you went back to school and then you stayed with cardiothoracic surgery. Why was that? Right. So there were uh, multiple changes within the hospital system itself. Um, as you well know, a lot of practices that are private have been bought up by the hospital. Yeah. And that's kind of what they had um, expected uh, from us. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I had mentioned before was I had to go back to save my job. In the hospital, there were um, nurses in uh, private practices that would kind of oversee medical assistance, uh, the, the, the role of a medical assistant. Uh-huh. And so I uh, decided to uh, take the venture, save my job, and not change what I did. Okay. So I really, you know, I, I had a good insight of uh, cardiac surgery. We started 
lung surgery then. Mm-hmm. And that was even better. It was more interesting. It gave me some more things to learn about. Mm-hmm. And I, I just really enjoyed what I did. I loved the people. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like at that time that I didn't want to make a move. And I'm kind of like an old soul. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't change many things. I have, I have friends from, uh, there, I have a group of friends, there's eight of us. Mm-hmm. And we're literally in, there's five of us in the same kindergarten picture. Mm-hmm. And then we picked up a couple more along the way. And, you know, I just, I just like, same furniture from a long time (laughs) (laughs) I call it a loyalist like I I have my friends and I want to keep my friends and they know me I know them I'm not quick to bring new people up on board simply because I have to now open myself up to them and they have to get to know me and I have to expose myself over and over again to try to get to the point where I am with my loyal group and so I totally understand what you're saying. <laughs> well, and I think along the way, you're pretty much like I am too. Like you have, you have your friends uh, from your church. You have friends along the way. Yeah. Um, you have neighbor friends, you have mm-hmm. work friends, and you have the friends that you grew up with. And mm-hmm. um, I just never burn bridges. So no. I feel pretty... Uh, blessed that I have that whole group uh, yeah. always on my side. I can, I, I can go to anyone in my neighborhood and say I need help with something. Yeah. Um, I could go to any of my friends and put out an SOS, and I know they would be there for me. Yeah. And I am very lucky. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I truly believe in what you put out, you receive. And that's also one of the reasons that I try to put out as much as possible. It's kind of a selfish thing, but I know that good is going to come back to me if I give out good and distribute good. So that's part of my life motto as well. So in that, I'm going to circle back to the point in your life when there was some serious adversity. You were a mother to a four-year-old and a two-year-old and you became a widow. How did your village and your circle um, help you through that very difficult time? Oh, wow. Well, so I wouldn't be here without those people. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, My parents were alive at the time and my parents really stepped up I think it was, it's hard for me to really go back that far, but like, I, I'm pretty sure that was the year my mom uh, stopped working mm-hmm. and my sister was having uh, a not so fortunate situation also. And she became like another m- mother to my children and mm-hmm. to her children also. Mm-hmm. Um, my work friends were, uh, uh, amazing like they would understand when I was having a bad day at work and mm-hmm. it could be like a song that came on the radio that just would set me off mm-hmm. and I would just like have a really awful moment mm-hmm. um, and they didn't you know judge me how long it took me to feel like I was getting my whole self back again mm-hmm. which was great mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. circle of friends well I can't even like uh put that into words first of all the 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 typical girls that i always hang around with since um kindergarten they 
like kind of scoop me up mm-hmm. and they, uh, you know, you're going to do this today. And, you know, uh, you know, in the beginning I would just sit and look at my kids and not almost figure out what to do because I was, uh, just, it, it was something pretty sudden. And I, I, you know, I'm a planner mm-hmm. and this didn't give me a chance to plan for anything. So, mm-hmm. um, they're like, okay, now you have to change your diaper mm-hmm. and it's lunchtime. So you need to feed your children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so I, what I did was I moved in with a good friend of mine, uh, for 10 days mm-hmm. and got my wits about me. Mm-hmm. I came back home. Mm-hmm. I still live in my same home and this is, you know, I, I had people that came up and mow my grass, mm-hmm. uh, because I have a pretty big yard and, um, we just did a lot together as friends, but I can't really say that they're friends. They are definitely my, um, family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because March is women's month, I really wanted to hone into that and to encourage women to keep your women. Yes. I've been married for 32 years, but at the end of the day, when all hell breaks loose and life happens, it truly, truly is your girlfriends and your sister friends that will help you in a manner that you don't even know that you need that help. And I just, I know. And so I just want to encourage my, my sisters. I've, just lately, I've met a couple of women that says I don't they they don't connect with women and they haven't formed any long term girlfriend situations and it's difficult. You know, me being me, it's difficult for me to understand that. However, I do understand the power of that. I I am the product of a single mother, and I remember my mother's girlfriends coming over because they had children and um husbands so they would come over to our house because it was three it was my sister and I and my mother um it's just a house full of women and then her girlfriends would come over and they would put records on the record player and just the fellowship that they would have and they would laugh and it was just beautiful and so I'm the product of that and so I think I know for sure that that's one of the reasons that I keep my sisterhood tight and keep them with me. So I just wanted to, like I said, because it is um, Women's Month, I want to encourage if you're a listener who's struggling with building those bonds with um, for sisterhood, I encourage you to try your best to do so because life is going to happen. I love my husband dearly. However, like I said, when all hell breaks loose, I'm calling on my sisterhood to pour into me in a way that he can't. And it's not because he doesn't. It's, he just can't. He's not. God didn't create him to be that for me. Is yeah, that- absolutely. It's um, the eight women, the seven women that are referring to uh, on the eighth. We we get together multiple times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been getting together a lot more because there's um, our our children are getting married and having babies and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, we get together and spend some time together multiple times a year, and then once a year mm-hmm. we get together and we go away for mm-hmm. like maybe five five days a week something like that mm-hmm. where um you know everything is on the table <laughs> there mm-hmm. are no um mm-hmm. we, we talk about anything and everything mm-hmm. um we are all so different but yeah it's 
what keeps us all together and we laugh we cry we problem solve Mm -hmm. um we go on adventures and or we just sit back and um on we we often rent a place with a dock Mm -hmm. a deck a porch (laughs) and we just sit there and just chat till we can't do that anymore yeah that's so important for your mental health not that i'm discouraging anybody from seeking counsel from from a professional but it's so therapeutic to um be with your girlfriends and you're right the majority of us are so different and i think what holds people back from having this kind of uh, sisterhood is the inability to accept people for who they are and where they are when you when you get rid of that and you just accept people for who they are they bring a whole new dynamic into your life and a, and a different perspective a different way of looking at things because i'm not going to see things the same way let's just say liz um sees but she's open to hearing where i where my heart is and i'm always open to hearing her heart so um like I said, I just encourage women to develop those strong relationships and those strong ties. I still, my mother's been gone for um, 28 years, but I still, those women, my mother's girlfriends are still my support system. The ones, the ones that are still with us, they still, I am like their daughter. And that's what's so powerful. Just the other day, um, Liz's daughter called me and she said, are you home? And I said, yeah, I'm just sitting here with the dog. And she said, I want to come meet your puppy. I said, okay. But that visit turned into just conversations about life with my best friend's daughter and my my best friend can trust that the conversations or the advice that I'm going to give her daughter is the same that I'm that she would give but it's coming it's coming from a different person and so just that is just so powerful and I know we've strayed off the nursing aspect of you but I know that relation, you're a very relational person and the relationships um, that you have created in you a better nurse. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, so my journey in life is really like carved out of life experiences, just like you said. And um, there's there's barriers and changes in it, just like in nursing. Mm-hmm. No one person is going to come in with the same symptoms or have the same um, background. Maybe they're going home to a house full of people. Maybe they're going home with nobody. Mm-hmm. And it's through like all that, um, you have to adapt your change and redevelop your care plan mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. come up with a solution. Mm-hmm. It's like a big puzzle. Every time you meet somebody and you have to figure out what they want. Right. So yeah, you're absolutely right. So now that we're on the other side of COVID, hopefully, um, how will you or have you had to pivot to go back to caring for patients the old way? Now that we're on the other side of COVID, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was lots of changes, and it was it was pretty difficult for all of us. But, um, well, right now, we're I believe healthcare will continue to wear masks, mm-hmm. and um, 
thus I have reached out to my good friend on skincare. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I think uh, oh well in the healthcare setting it will forever be the, the you know kind of sheltered until we can have a good reason to open things up. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like in the public going out with people again and uh that's just a wonderful free feeling mm-hmm. and um we had moved our unit to a smaller unit um because we needed to house a lot of inpatient people who were really really sick mm-hmm. so we got our unit back and we're back you know we're making those changes again and um you know, as far as getting patients discharged from the hospital, that's getting a little bit better because visiting nurses were tied up mm-hmm. with a lot of COVID patients. And now they could, um, you know, work with our our discharged cardiac and thoracic surgery patients. There was like a priority level and um, that was a, a big change. But it's amazing that we can see how we, as a health uh, institution we could adapt and change mm-hmm. and just like a person's life uh, you do a business like that too mm-hmm. and um you know we don't know what the fall is going to bring but we are just for now we're just gonna kind of carry on like it used to be mm-hmm. my i do teach um a cardiac education class mm-hmm. uh we used to do that in the hospital i'm hoping that could come back again because patients really like and need that as part of their cardiac experience Mm -hmm. um i tried doing it on the phone (laughs) um i'm only laughing because i know how (laughs) i know you remember we were at the place we used to work together and we had that little bitty room where we would put in a eight track tech was it a what what was it called a cassette a dvd no it wasn't even dvd it was a it was a cassette. <laughs> yeah. We will put that into the TV and play it for the patients, and they would come out even more confused. <laughs> yeah, their hair would be all messed up. Their eyes would be wide. Yes. <laughs> so I can, I can almost imagine how trying to have a conversation with them over the phone or trying to have a Zoom call with them, and they're, they're trying to figure out, well, honey, do this and do that, because we know how honorary they can be <laughs> oh, so that was hysterical i tried to do that well a lot of these people don't even have like an answering machine so to have them go into a zoom that was just not going to work and i would ha- have them come and do in um i would teach the class in the office uh-huh. and that was okay but sometimes um, when you're in a group of people and you can pull down the projector in the classroom and there are other people going through the same experience as, as you know, you have two, three families in there, uh-huh. um, that develops, a, you know, we're talking about connections, we're ta- the connection uh, among the patients becomes um, really awesome because they know uh, they could reach out to uh, the other person, especially since those people that I'm teaching are usually hospitalized at the same time. So as they're doing their walking in the halls and getting better, getting ready for discharge, they run into the same people that they were in the classroom with. And 
um, that was really nice and they developed friendships. Yeah. And they, they're going through the same thing and they probably could pick up the phone instead of calling you guys and say, Hey, when I moved, when I took this tape off, this happened. And so I'm sure that is, um, um, that's a wonderful experience for them. So I wanted to, you have had an extremely amazing career in nursing and cardiothoracic surgery. What's next for Carol? What's next? Okay, so I keep aging in groups of 10. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm past this other group of 10. So I, you know, I look at retirement mm-hmm. as. Um, Right now, it's the carrot in mm-hmm. front of me, and <laughs> it's just dangling there. I'm not sure what to do with it right now, but um, my dad told me as long as I can provide um, uh, worth to what I'm doing, it's not time for me to retire. Right. But um, there are things, external things that I want to uh, kind of you know, move on with, I, you know, have my family, uh, I have my grandchildren, I have uh, one grandson, he's seven, and two granddaughters, they're four and two, and boy, are they a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have things that I didn't really get a chance to do because I do work full time, and um, I do help my family, and I usually come last on the totem pole, and I'm not supposed to, but Mm -hmm. I know that I do. So there's some things that I'd like to do. And so in the future, I am going to um, be looking at retirement or at least retirement or at least, you know, cutting down maybe uh, to four days a week mm-hmm. and then give myself that extra day. I love, love, love to uh, garden, my vegetable garden. Mm-hmm. And love playing in the dirt. It's very therapeutic. <laughs> And I want to spend more time with my friends too. So my, my husband uh, is is currently still working and we've, I'm on vacation this week. So we tossed a lot of thoughts around, which was kind of nice to to sit down and talk about it. We have plans. We, you know, writing some thoughts down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I I would like to do that, but I can't go cold Turkey because I, (laughs) I think I would just, lose my mind <laughs> if I would just stop working all together mm-hmm. so I would love to give back to others I wouldn't mind teaching mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't mind volunteering in the you know doing what I'm doing and I wouldn't mind even staying part-time for a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's wonderful so given your journey and with the adversities and the positives what kind of advice would you leave for the listeners just life in general or education journey or family journeys what kind of advice would you leave for the listeners today oh okay so um well because i was a um adult learner with children i definitely want people to know that you can do it uh you're never ever too old to learn maybe even you know not necessarily always in a college setting but maybe take some classes or 
do something that you've never done before. Um, I think that it's always important to be like a good listener and you'll find your people that you would connect with, uh, people, you know, pick up what people need from you, like need from you as a family member or need from you as a friend or for me right now, like the patients need to hear from me, pick up on those things mm -hmm. so you could be a better person mm -hmm. for them. And, um, that like, I think everything would fall into place. And then, uh, just like I said before too, about never burn your bridges, just be kind to everyone. And you'll always have friends for life. You'll always have, uh, you know, people to visit with or connect with or um you know reunite with and that's something that just you know kind of keeps your fire alive mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well carol you know i really appreciate you i'm happy you're off this week and you had a moment to speak with me Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Raining Words with Shelby. Please check us out every Thursday at 7 p.m. on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Podbean. We'd love for you to, uh, to receive your feedback, and we will see you next Thursday.